Now on the stretch now with Norman Dancer out in front. He'll rise coming at him on the outside. Texas period on the outside to take the lead. Sham holding in second. It's Texas period moving away. He has it by two and a half. Seattle's smooth opens it to four lanes. It's all swell. He's there by four lanes. Here comes Ferdinand on the rail. In the final furlong, it's Ferdinand getting the lead. And down the stretch they come. Winning colors in front. And Street Sense goes right on by Hart's Fun. Street Sense has taken over and opens up here. 16th to go, an American Pharaoh and firing line. And it's American Pharaoh pulling away late. American Pharaoh rules the Derby. You're listening to the 2021 Kentucky Derby Seminar presented by the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider, Brandon Jaggers, and C.C. Broadus. Fogelberg wrote Run for the Roses in 1980. He was asked to do so by ABC Sports for a Derby preview special that year, the year that Genuine Risk won the Derby, the second Philly to do so. And Dan Fogelberg said that he wrote that song in less than two days. Hmm. Well, it's three days until Kentucky Derby 147, and we're here to hopefully give out some winners. So, we're joined by Alan Schneider and Brett Jaggers. Who's got the dog? The dog is its probably my dog. It's the beagle. It's about this time of night. sees people walking, but she enjoys it, so I just let her go. I mean, this is a podcast. We hear things in the background all the time, don't we? Say hi to Bella, folks. That's Bella the beagle. Oh, beagles never stop, but I tell you what, this podcast is going to go longer than that beagle. <laughs> you got that wrong. I'm sure it will. All right. <laughs> So long-winded. Yeah, so over the next 17 hours, we plan to cover <laughs> the entire Kentucky Derby field. Uh, we'll go in depth on each horse, probably about a half hour each, and then uh, at the end, three hours after that, we'll come up with a winner. So 
guys, uh, Alan, we'll start with you first. Uh, what's your uh, What's your favorite Kentucky Derby winner? My favorite Kentucky Derby winner. I would. I'll, I'll go for a oh two a tie for two. I mean, because I had. I, I had, obviously because I had both the winners, but it's the way they won as well. Unbridled in 1990, uh, the sweeping move on the turn that the, on the turn it was over. You knew it was over. Francis Ginter, Carl Nasker, that that whole uh, deal. It's one of the more memorable ones. And then being at the infield, you were there with me, my uh, the rest of our clan for Street Sense. Uh, same thing. I was on that horse for a long time. And the breathtaking move, he made up the rail as, as he ran right by us uh, on the fence. He went from 18th to second in the blink of an eye. Those would be my two. Not just because I had the winner. It's the way those horses won. It's it, just breathtaking moves. So give me those two. What about you, Brandon? Well, you know, I started coming to this game a little later. But, you know, when I was a little kid, I remember this very one. A couple – Actually, back-to-back years, 88 and 89, winning colors and Sunday silence. And then I knew I was hooked. But, you know, many years passed after that. I had to grow up and do other stuff. And uh, But it was still fun ever ever since then. But I'll tell you what, I've never seen a mover, a mover like American Pharaoh, ever. And hmm. it's just poetry in motion for a horse. And good job by Bafford and... Victor Espinosa and that whole connections for a while. I can't say, you know, Zayat has gone through a little bit of trouble since then, but uh, that 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 was the smoothest mover after my eyes started getting adjusted. But winning colors is my first winner I've ever picked as a kid. Spoiler alert: uh, you may not realize this, but American Farrell is a half brother. Is that correct? CC is in the race after the Derby this year, yep, trained by Bob right. Baffert. Yeah, so we'll get to that. I'm sure at some point, but yeah. uh, triple plus, tap. Yeah, triple tat. So let's see, see how have his uh, take on a favorite derby real quick. Yeah, my favorite derby of all time was 1989. It was Sunday Silence. That uh, was a that was a great year for horse racing with the rivalry between Sunday Silence and Easy Goer. Uh, we've never seen anything like it. We almost saw it with Zenyatta and Rachel Alexander, but it wasn't to be. But uh, it, you, you new folks to the game, it, it nothing beat that year with the uh, West versus East. And those two horses, they, either one would have won a triple crown had the other one not been born. So that was a that was a great, fantastic year of racing. Yeah, and again, another breeding note, if I'm not mistaken, Rachel Alexander's grandson is running on Derby Day 2, right? I believe that's uh, Alejandro. Yeah, Alejandro, yeah. So uh, a couple yeah. of pedigrees to keep track of. All right, last question. Last question before. Before we start talking about this year's Derby, uh, Alan, your favorite Derby tradition? Oh, my favorite. Well, I, you know, it's something that uh, my wife never used to be much into the Derby. Uh, she wasn't in a horse race, but we started uh, having an annual party here, God, 20 years ago. And now I can honestly say that my wife and kids love uh, that day almost as much as I do, maybe more so because they don't have to do as much work as I do, it seems like. But uh, <laughs> our, our, our annual Derby party is, we have fun with it, and my wife and kids, really enjoy it too so that's special for me because of that Brad? i've got two i always like to have a keg of beer no matter <laughs> what year it is i want a keg of beer whether i drink it or not i want a keg wherever i'm going so i usually put it in my, my old jeep from 2004 and or i love a mint julep man at 10:30 in the morning and that's what starts it 
and then I start showering and doing everything else from there. <laughs> so that's kind of my tradition. It gets me out of bed, gets things going. And I, I hate to say it that COVID has impacted that. It has. And, uh, but I hope in 2022, it will not. Well, l- let me just say though, number one, there's apparently there's an untapped keg in me at Brandon's house this weekend. And number two, oh, yeah. that, COVID, that, that COVID will, it does not stop us from anything. We still have our party. We're, we did it last year, we're doing it this year. Ain't nothing stopping us. So, Alan, if I could, if I can clarify just one moment, <laughs> I never can finish that keg, nor can any other house party finish the keg anymore. We're not 20. I'm I know. I know. I have to take everything back because I want my deposit. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. I remember that. CC? No, we're talking about derby traditions. Yeah, but yeah. Mine has more to do with the race. I, being from uh, near Bargetown, Kentucky, that's the that's the uh, home of my old Kentucky home. I, I've been to seven Kentucky derbies, and I, every one of them I wanted to be in a good spot to see the horses come out on the track for the derby where they played my old Kentucky home. And that's uh, that hits close to home to me. So. Oh, yeah. Enjoy that every single year. Okay. All right. All right, guys. Let's uh, let's get into it. On Saturday, the 12th race is the Kentucky Derby. It's a $3 million race, mile and a quarter. First time these horses have ever gone this far. All carry 126 pounds. And this is, uh, this is the marquee race on the racing calendar. We're going to go through each one of these horses one by one. Uh, if you don't have anything good to say about a horse, no big deal. We'll just gloss over it and go on to the next one. Uh, there's a handful of them in here like that, but uh, I'll kick it off with the rail horse, Known Agenda, the son of Curlin, trained by Todd Pletcher, and he just won the Florida Derby about five weeks ago. Alan, we'll start with you. Any opinion on Known Agenda? Well, first, let me just start by saying, like, we know a lot of people who maybe listen to this have heard, know all this, this, this such that we've, people in horse racing been back and forth across these names and, and, and whatnot. But there's a lot of people who listen to this for the first time. So we're going to try to find a nice balance. Those people who, who are listening to this can, can have an idea of what's going on and be and semi-educated. So uh, a little full disclosure right there. Getting back to the rail horse known agenda. Uh, the horse has a chance. It's never good uh, to be on the rail in the 20 horse field. Uh, that, what that means is uh, horses, they don't break and they get kind of covered up and buried down along the rail. It gets kind of hard to maneuver through traffic and such. Sometimes it hurts horses. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, it's probably not a huge positive for known agenda. This horse has the talent to win the race. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Todd Pletcher, this is one of three for Todd Pletcher and uh, one of four for Todd Pletcher. And this is probably his most live horse. Um, do I think he can win? Yes. Am I going to bet him to win? No. Just from the simple, the simple fact that you can't, it's a 20 horse field. You can't bet everybody. So, um, respect the horse. Love our rat Ortiz, the jockey, but uh, I can't pick them all. So if I can jump in, I mean, I was there in Florida Derby that day. Known agenda was a game winner. Mm -hmm. And, and I would say it's really, it's really hard to knock that, but he had a good trip. Great post position. I don't like the rail in the Kentucky Derby. I never do. There's no way. So, but, you know, I tell you, the top side on the sire is curling. Got, I, you got to love a curling. There's nothing in the morning that actually speaks to me, but 
you know, changing tactics. It's not he's not wearing blinkers. There's no LASIK. I don't know. I mean, I I love Irad. I mean, there's definitely positives, but this is not my winner. He is wearing blinkers though, by the way. So just for the record, I don't show that I'm on. No, he's a no. He's he's definitely wearing blinkers. Yeah. How about you, CC? I think Todd Pletcher's learned how to get a horse to peak. Great call, yeah. On the first Saturday of May, he's he's won two of these. This horse really reminds me a lot of Always Dreaming. The only the only difference is Always Dreaming touted himself in the morning in the mornings leading up to the race. I think uh, no agenda's following the same template that Always Dreaming did. the The rail is a big concern. I was going I was set to to make this horse an A until the draw. I don't like the one hole. I know the uh, the new gate gives those inside horses a little bit more room, and and there's no better jockey to work out a trip than a Rod Ortiz right now. So right. I think the horse absolutely has a chance to win. He's Without not, question, yeah. He, he's going to be a B for me, which means that uh, I think he can win, but he's not my top selection. So yeah, you, you must use him. You must use him in everything because uh, the horse is coming to hand right now. So I'll I'll leave it at that. Sakaya Shirler likes him. That, that's her horse. So that's exactly right. <laughs> that's true. So, all right. All right. Let's go to number two. Like the King, a son of Palace Malice, a Belmont Stakes winner, trained by Wesley Ward. This is Wesley Ward's first Kentucky Derby starter. Horse won the Jeff Ruby Stakes at Turfway about six weeks ago. Alan, we'll go with you. You like like the King at all? I think it's a nice horse. He he he's up against it in this field. I think most people would agree with that. Uh, he he's a horse that's made his living on synthetic surfaces at, at uh, Turfway Park. Uh, the Kentucky Derby is, is run on dirt. Uh, very nice horse, talented horse. Wesley Ward is most known for sprinters and young two-year-olds and stuff. Him him having a horse go a mile and a quarter is is something unique in, in a lot of ways in and of itself. Uh, respect the horse. I think he's over his head right here. I agree, Alan. I, I, good horse. I don't know how. I mean, you know, it's meant for the spot because it's got the points. Of course, you're going to run. Yeah, of course. Why not? Uh, can, can, can travel distance. I, I am just a big, huge question mark about everything about it because Wesley Ward is a two-year-old champion. He will kill it at Keeneland in, in the spring every year. I just I, – I, it's just not enough for me to rely on, so I'm passing yeah, I think he's too slow. I just his figures don't stack up to the to the best horses in here. And you know, crazy things have happened in the past with horses like Instilled Regard, Make Music for Me. They've all hit hit the board at long prices, but like the King will not be on my ticket. You can't use them all, or I can't. Right. No. Uh, number three, Brooklyn Strong, trained by Daniel Velasquez, ridden by Umberto Rispoli. This horse won the the Remsen Stakes late last year, and he's only had one start in 2021. That was in the Wood Memorial, where he he was fifth behind Burbonic. Uh, he's 50 to one on the morning line. Brandon, we'll go with you first here. Any thoughts on Brooklyn Strong? I mean, what are you doing to me? You never <laughs> give me enough to look at. What is going on? I love Brooklyn Strong. I love Beastie Boys. Anything about Brooklyn Beastie Boys? That's how. I mean, I just don't have a rap or a rhyme or a reason for this one. <laughs> I got a $5,000 purchase. 
please. I would love to have that one, you know, but this is a big stretch. I mean, I want, I want something to happen here. Maybe underneath if you want to take a shot, but against the rail in a 20 horse field. I don't know. I got to pass. Go Alan. Um, I will say this about uh, Brooklyn Strong. Uh, well, two things. My daughter Cassidy Schneider picked him. Uh, I guess that's something. Um, she's not betting with my two dollars. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but that said, uh, the horse did beat Nona Agenda last year in the Remsen. Uh, and that was at a mile and eight. But just had the one start this year. It's kind of a so-so effort in the in the wood. Uh, I'm gonna pass. This horse wasn't even really on the Derby radar a couple weeks ago. Then some defections kind of got him in the game late. I think probably the the two biggest pluses for the horse he does have the win at the mile and eight with the Remsen last year but a lot of horses you a lot of horses look good in the Remsen and they, they never materialize after that it's a bit of a sucker race every year and the, the jockey in Bertel Rispoli who a lot of people right here may not know but he's a fantastic rider out in California great turf jockey so I'm glad to see he's getting his first derby mount but I'm gonna pass on Brooklyn Strong yeah this feels like a case of derby fever to me uh, right I mean, this was a last-minute entry. Uh, these guys, you know, they knew they had the points, and, and you know, it, you, they may never get a chance to get back to this this spot. So you, you can't hardly blame them for trying. This is the, these are the types of horses I hope don't win the Derby because, you know, one start horse that's really going to turn Derby training on its ear. We, you know, it, it's it's already hard enough to predict these races anyway, but. but Horses coming into the Derby off one start, it's it's that's not going to help Manners, is he? So right. yeah, I, for me, he's an X. I, I'm not going to use him. Number four is Keep Me in Mind. This is the winner of the Kentucky Jockey Club Stakes. It's the son of Lauban, trained by Robertino Diodoro. He's 50 to one on the morning line, taking the blinkers off. Uh, Alan, let's start with you. You like anything about Keep Me in Mind? Well, I think, you know, uh, the consensus last year, this horse proved himself to he, be, he, he looked like he might be a contender come to every time. And everything was on track for this horse to make the race. Uh, the two starts this year have not been good. They really haven't. Uh, the horse has regressed as a three-year-old. It appears they're taking the blinkers off now because they're kind of lost. But, again, the same thing as we mentioned a moment ago. Some defections happened, and the horse kind of snuck in from an earning stamp, a point standpoint. And... Uh, as of last year, he would have been a nice play at 50 to 1. This year, the form just doesn't show it. He's run well at Churchill. I don't think he's 1 million percent without possibilities. But as we've said, and this is going to be a common theme with a, with a field this size, you just can't play them all. So I'm going to pass on keep me in mind. Even though last year, I kind of thought I might play him, but it just hasn't developed this year. You know, this podcast is based on winning picks, okay? I really think. Keep me in mind is a show bet. If you want to make a show, uh, and I, you that's fair enough. Ten dollars on it, I can see it because I tell you what, it's ran with the best of them. Mm-hmm. Did he show up last time at Keeneland and Bluegrass? No, he didn't. What about the Rebel? No, not really. Terrible. But there, there is something to this horse, and he's flashy in the morning. Maybe he's a morning glory. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, you, you want to show some flash? I was out there April 23rd. I did not see the work. This horse went flying fast, as as fast as everybody gets. It's a bull of work. And that's a big, out of 108 on a four furlong, that's noticeable. So that's what I'm saying. Better show. 
He'd probably pay thirty five dollars a show. I will say that if he if he does come in. So I mean, you make a, quite a bit of money. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving some like credence to it. Yeah. And I will say this about the named after a Zach Brown song and Zach Brown band. Uh, I believe it's what he's named after. So a thumbs up for that. Great song, great band. Well, keep me in mind, racing the bluegrass was uh, that was uh, about as bad a ride as you could give a horse. Uh, I know they there was no pace in the race. They, they wanted to keep him up close early, but yeah, they 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 wasted a lot of ground on both turns. I mean, he was four four to five wide the entire way. That's no recipe for for a success in a great one. I think if they allow this horse to settle early and make one run, I think he's got a chance to get in the third or fourth. I mean, going back, this horse was supposed to run in the Southwest Stakes back in February, and and if you remember the the big snow came through and canceled training there for about two weeks. So he, his schedule was off and they had to go to the rebel stakes and that did not, uh, he, he just wasn't ready for that. And then they and then run him in the bluegrass stakes and he, he got that horrible trip. So I, I think, uh, if they allow this horse to run correctly, which means anchor him at the bank at anchor him at the back and let him make one run. I think he's got a chance to pick up horses, maybe third or fourth, like he did in the, Breeders' Cup Juvenile at Keeneland. Number five is Saint Hood, son of M. Shawish, out of a lemon drop kid mare for Todd Fletcher, ridden by Corey Lannery, who knows his way around the rail, that's for sure. He'll, he'll, he's a Calvin Burrell-esque type of rider. Uh, Saint Hood's only run three times his last start. He got into trouble in the Jeff Ruby Stakes and, and rallied to get second. Uh, Brandon, we'll start with you. Any love for Saint Hood? Yeah, I mean, I I appreciate the the run at Turfway. It was a good run. Uh, I do love Corey. Corey is the home track at fifty to one. I mean, it's a an amazing price. Uh, Inchewish won the Zabil Mile at Maidon as a four year old, and then he shipped to America. He ran. He won the Gulfstream Park Turf when it was a Grade One. He won the Fort Lauderdale. Thank uh, you. And then at six, he won the Don Handicap, which is now the Pegasus World Cup. So, you know, the horse could – he could he could run on either surface. Alan? Yeah, of all the 50-to-1 shots in the morning, I think St. Hood's probably has the most upside. St. Hood's probably the most live of them. This is this is one of the long shots I think actually could run well. His, his drawback is he's only had three career starts, but he's shown immense talent in all three. It's another one of the Todd squad. Again, he has four horses in here. Uh, I, Corey Lannery gets aboard. Maybe he saves ground and tries to take the quickest way home, like he was looking at Lee, who, who led him to a second place finish as a big long shot a few years ago. Same Hood had a rough trip at, at Turfway, and he came flying late. He really got in the gear late. I, this horse might be able to run all day. Might be a bit up against it from an experience standpoint, but there are worse 50 to 1 shots you get. I think he's going to drop a little bit. He, he bought me maybe 35, 40 to 1. Uh, but again, there are worse long shots that you could take rather than sainthood. Sainthood, I would not toss, no, by no, by no means. I'm not using him. Uh, he's only had three starts, and, and he, his figures come in way slower. He's going to have to improve by leaps and bounds to get a part of this. Now, he could get fourth, third, third or fourth. I, I don't think he's going to threaten for a win. No, um, I don't either. I mean, he's got tremendous upside. I just think the Derby's maybe too, too quick yeah. for him at this he's point. He's still very he, young. I mean, he could be a, a Travers horse down the line, uh, or a Belmont horse even, if uh, he matures quick enough. But I'm 
personally, I'm against Satan Hood. He, he probably won't be on any of my tickets. Fair enough. And now we go on to horse number six, and this is Obesos. And this horse is dear to our hearts because uh, we've had his uh, connections as guests on our podcast in the past, uh, Bernard Racing and, and, of course, the, the Foley's. And this one's trained by Greg Foley. Marcelino Pedroza will ride. This horse is 20 to 1 on the morning line. And, Alan, your thoughts on Obesos? I bet uh, Mike Battaglia, who makes the morning line, probably is going to set this horse at 31, but there's been a lot of buzz recently about the horse. I bet he put it on at 20 because actually the horse is probably going to go off more along those lines in the 20 to 1 mark. Uh, I've liked this horse since day one. We, we've talked about it uh, a few times on here. Horse with a lot of talent, first start. Thought he was a, a sprinter. He is. Uh, he's learning the route game fairly quickly. Uh, do I think he's overly talented enough to win the race? Probably not. Uh, I don't hold that against him. I think he theoretically could. I think he's a must-use on your exotics and such. He's going to be. He's got a touch of a wise guy horse to him this year. But we're Louisvillians or Kentuckians. We we love the connections. We'd love to see the, this horse win. Get a Kentucky Derby win for a, a local team. But Obesos, for me, is, is one I would use in, in exotics at, at a nice price, yes. Brandon. Man, I wish I could write, like, a five-minute sonnet about it because <laughs> it's it's a really great story. It is. Name, it, everything starts out great with a guy I went to high school with. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's really unbelievable. So I took him. We went back to the backside together on Saturday morning, saw his horse. You know, his dad's heavily involved in horse racing with Bernard Racing. And, I mean, there's let's let's just try to knock the horse. Or the sire has not had great big greatest sake winners. It's just not there, I don't think. You know, not do you really. all know? Not well, really. You, you all would well, agree really. if I'm wrong, I'm sure, as fast <laughs> as you all possibly could. <laughs> they exported Orb to Uruguay, I think, so he, he's not even standing in, <laughs> Bull, in anymore. Bullshit. I don't even believe that. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, they sprinted this horse. I mean, you watch a progression of a horse become into something that's that they didn't expect. And I really, really, really love it. Because the last time at Louisiana Derby, this horse was closing out of nowhere. But it got a great rail trip. I, I mean, I, I have so much to tout about this horse. I think there's a very good possibility. And I'm not saying when. I'm saying to sneak in, sneak in and be like a second or a third in the biggest race in the entire country. This horse is a monster. I've, I've seen it so many times. I'm now wearing the flare, so maybe I'm biased, but there's a really good possibility. They're very good family. They've got their tub. Their barns are right there on the backside. This is a story in the making, and I really think that there's a very big possibility this is my bomb shot in Turtle Downs. Kentucky Derby 147. <laughs> this is from the Pollock Report on April 9th. Orb, the winner of the 2013 Kentucky Derby, has been purchased by a group of Uruguayan breeders, and he will relocate to that country for the upcoming Southern Hemisphere breeding season. Fascinating. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not surprised. He didn't really make much of a splash here, but maybe Old Basils can change that. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think he can win the race. I think uh, it would take a massive jump. He's going to he's gonna have to work out a, an incredible trip. 
and he's going to need a pace meltdown for him to get there. But I do think he can hit the board. Uh, this horse is way better than Major Fed, uh, which was the Foley's entry last year in the Derby. I think his horse got a shot to get part. He's a, he's a really nice horse. Uh, I think ultimately he may be best going a one-turn mile. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, we'll be rooting for him for sure. I, I think he's got a shot to hit the board, though, at, at the most. It's a tremendous uh, story. The names, all the names, you know, Snugs and Kisses, the Bernard's on that, the, the dam. I mean, it's, it's really an, un, and it's, it's an unbelievable thing. It really is. And am I biased about the story? Yes, I am. <laughs> Number seven is Mandaloon, 15 to 1 on the morning line from the Brad Cox barn for Judmont Farm. This is a son of Into Mischief out of an Empire Maker mare. Last seen in the Louisiana Derby where he did not run to form as the 6 to 5 favorite. Prior to that, he won the Risen Star. At that point, was considered one of the top two year olds, or excuse me, one of the top three year olds on the Derby Trail. Uh, Brandon, we'll throw it back to you. Yeah. You're wearing Brad Cox pajamas right now. You're damn right I am. You're yeah. I'm right. Let's and go. I love Mandaloon. And I will tell you, how many times do you see war- the Cox work on six furlongs? Can you all tell me? Tell me right now. Because you can. So we got a beast here. This little beast, they're off the last race. Okay. We don't know. We still don't know. And that's fine. Because the horse is showing everything in the morning. Enough to show to be in the Kentucky Derby. This is the this is the Kentucky Derby. This is Judmont Farms. They 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 come to win. They are a winner. Okay, I can't really get past it. So this is my winner. All right, Alan. Brandon's tabbed three of the six already. So who do you like here? <laughs> Tell me about Mandaloon. I know we got fourteen to go. Uh, or 13 ago, Mandaloon is a horse that has always flashed potential. Uh, he's been a morning glory working extremely well this week at Churchill Downs. He's actually caused a bit of a buzz. But I come back to two things. He is an X factor in a race. I wouldn't blame anybody for including him on the win end. But there's two knocks. One is um, he never really showed that top tier form to win the race to begin with, in my eyes, outside of winning the Risen Star. And then secondly, horses traditionally don't throw in clunkers before the Kentucky Derby. You at least had to put in a nice, solid effort. He threw in a clunker. Horses coming off clunkers don't win the Derby. Brad Cox is still confident about him. Uh, Brandon's confident about him. The work, the way he's working is confident. But again, as, as I'm going to allude to numerous times, you can't bet them all. So with that in mind, I'm going to have to pass on Mandaloon while respecting the fact that he could sneak up and beat me. For me, he's a, this horse is a bit of a grinder and the grinders don't do well in the Derby. I think he's got all the talent in the world. You know, that said, he's working well for me. He's going to be a B, which means I think he could win the race, but he's not my top pick. So I'm going to use him uh, around my top horses, but, uh, yeah, I mean he's a big question mark. So I'm 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 probably more using defensively more than anything. So he'll be on my ticket though. Uh, number eight is Medina Spirit from the Bob Baffert Barn. Uh, obviously Baffert's won six of these Kentucky Derbies. John Velasquez rides this one. Uh, this team had Authentic win the uh, the September version of last year's Derby, 
and he was last seen finishing second in the Santa Anita Derby behind Rock Your World. Alan, we'll go to you first. Medina Spirit, your thoughts? Actually, I had dismissed this horse. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, $1,000 purchase for Bob Baffert, that's, what's, that's, that, that's still mind-blowing. Um, that said, he has knocked heads with some of the good ones out in California, Rock Your World, and uh, uh, Life is Good, who would have been a Kentucky Derby favorite had he not been injured. So he's he's knocked heads with some good ones out there. But if, if we had J.J. Heisel, wonderful expert on with us a couple weeks ago. She's high on this horse. And uh, she pointed out some le- legitimate reasons that I had missed. you got to acknowledge when you're wrong. I had missed them. And uh, the horse has had some surgery issues, uh, has, has been working real well in California. So I have upgraded the horse more than I initially did to put him maybe at uh, B status, as uh, CC would, would say. So I'm not crazy about the horse, but I have upgraded it more than I initially did. Hey, let me ask you this real quick. I mean, do you think this horse is going to set the pace? I don't know. I thought I could see why Baffert, Bob Baffert, who knows how to win this race better than anybody, I could see why he would think that that might be the best scenario in a, in a race that's lacking pace. He'd have to outbreak Rock Your World, who, who outbroke him last time, and possibly a couple others. So I, I don't I don't know if he will. I said I would say that's a conceivable uh, suggestion you make, though. All right, Brandon. Well, Medina Medina Spirit shows himself in the morning. Uh, I just don't know. It's a, it's a, just a question mark on my sheet. But it is Bob Baffert. Bob Baffert wouldn't be here without, you know, he, he has all the press carrying around him. The guy's a winner. So I'll give, the, I'll give this horse a shot. So, I mean, I'm going to pay attention to Bob Baffert every time. But is he going to end on my pick four tickets? He's going to end on my B pick four tickets. Thank you. Yeah, I think he's a B for me. He's just like Mandaloon. I, on paper, they're not fast enough to win the race. And, and But uh, if, if these horses were trained by anybody but Brad Cox and Bob Baffert, I don't think I would use them. But uh, out of respect to, the, to those two trainers, they'll both be on my tickets. That's for sure. All right, let's move on here to number nine, Hot Rod Charlie for Doug O'Neill and Flavian Pratt. Horse won the Louisiana Derby in his last start, going a mile and three sixteenths. Prior to that, he was second in the Breeders Cup Juvenile in his final start as a two-year-old at ninety-four to one behind Essential Quality. Brandon, let's go to you, Hot Rod Charlie. Well, you know the, the ownership group is pretty interesting. If anyone has been following them on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. They got some cool videos about uh, boat racing. There's a a bunch of young guys that started playing, I think, lacrosse or football or something. uh, And they just decided to get into horse racing. Somebody's related. One of the ownership is related to Doug O'Neill. And you talk about a a story of stories. To win the Louisiana Derby, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And they did, and now they're pressing. They're coming to the Kentucky Derby. So, of stories of stories, I mean, this is a really great story. But I've seen the horse. The horse looks different. The horse has bigger eyes, a bigger just, uh, you know, just sculpt, if you will. I mean, there's something different about him. I will never knock this horse. This horse has worked six furlongs and, and, and just done some unorthodox things. I guess on the West Coast, they work longer, but 
I, I don't know. I'm going to give a check mark as my B on this horse is Hot Rod Charlie uh, through Doug O'Neill and Oxbow. I, I just, I'm not really, I'm just in between. But, you know, so that's why I'm giving it a B. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the ABC uh, thing with grids and, and such, I, I like using it, but at the same time, I don't because I don't like equating all A's and all B's the same way. And what I mean by that is, like, um, I like Hot Rod Charlie a lot. He's not my top choice. He'd probably be my second choice. So I would look at him as my B pick, but I, I think he, I think of him in a much higher fashion. I would someone like a Medina Spirit. So uh, almost an A minus, so to speak, or whatever. So with that out of the way, he's not my top pick. There's another one coming up later that's my top pick, but he's right there. I think Hot, Char- Hot Rod Charlie has grown on me more and more with each passing day. Uh, I, he ran a big race at 90 to one in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile against Essential Quality, our, our race favorite. Yep. And he shipped out to he shipped from Louisiana, he shipped from California. He shipped to Louisiana and beat those horses fair and square in a, with a commanding uh, front running effort that showed a lot of confidence on the part of the connections. I think Hot Rod Charlie is sitting on a big race. Uh, there's only one of the horse in the race that's keeping me from being my, his top pick, but uh, I won't spread a lot in this race, but the two horses I would use on the win end, he's one of them. He's my top pick in the race. I think this horse is uh, sitting on a big effort. I have all the trust in the world in Doug O'Neill, who's won two of these derbies already. This horse kind of reminds me a little bit of Nyquist. Uh, I agree. Uh, he, he was not as good as Nike was. Nike was a two-year-old champion. He won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, but this horse almost won the Juvenile. Uh, we're not for essential quality. I think this horse is, is coming up to a big race. Uh, looking at it from a thoroughbred point of view, he's slower than the main contenders coming in. If you if you look at Nyquist's sheet prior to the Derby, he, uh, he uh, O'Neill squeezed about two, two and a half points out of him uh, between the Florida Derby and the Kentucky Derby. And that was enough to get the job done. I think he can do the same thing here with Hot Rod Charlie, especially with a six-week break between races. He's my top pick. I'm going to ride with him. Uh, Mike Welsh said he looked tremendous on the track this morning. This is on Wednesday when we're recording this. I, I, you know, Eight, nine, ten to one gets a good jockey, Flavian Pratt, who kind of won the Derby a couple years ago. And uh, you know, I, I, I think I think we're going to get a good trip. This horse can do anything. He can set the pace. He can stalk. He can come from way back. Doesn't matter. Uh, I just I, I think the horse is smart. I think we're going to get a good effort out of him. He's my top pick. And uh, ten to one, I'm all in. Yeah, I think I think you can get seven, eight to one easy. So yeah, I I, I agree with everything you said. Midnight Bourbon. 20 to 1 on the morning line for Steve Asmussen and Mike Smith. This is the son of Tiz now. He's a half-brother to several stakes horses. Uh, last seen in the Louisiana Derby, getting uh, finishing second to Hot Rod Charlie and uh, out-dueling out Old Besos late for that runner-up spot. Alan, we'll go to you. Midnight Bourbon. Midnight Bourbon. Well, first I'm going to say my buddy Lee Anderson's high on hot, a hot Rod Charlie. She's selecting him to win the Kentucky Derby, so you got some more company there, uh, CC. And uh, Midnight Bourbon is just got beat by Hot Rod Charlie, as a matter of fact, in Louisiana Derby. Midnight Bourbon is always there, always runs a nice, solid rock hickory type race, uh, gets a gets a gets a jock switch to Mike Smith on him. Uh, 
The horse is always there. He's going to be 15 to one. He's going to put in a good effort. Is it good enough to win? I don't know. I mean, Hot Rod Charlie beat him on the square. By no means can I toss a horse. He's a, he's a penultimate exotics horse. Uh, he's not, for me, quite on the win end, but I could definitely see eating my words. I, I can't toss him out. Uh, but um, it's Steve Asmus and it's Mike Smith. I, I can see. I can see. Uh, I can see that one winning, but it's it's not gonna be for me. This how this horse looks beautiful in the morning. This is my, one of my top choices, uh, you know, besides Brad Cox, obviously. But uh, I just can't say anything better about this horse in the morning. It it just looks the part. Greg, uh, I like the horse. Okay, I, I I think he's got a shot to hit the board, but. I cannot envision how he's going to win this race. Uh, he's not going to get, I mean, the only, the only chance he's got from my point of view is he's got to get to the lead. If he doesn't get to the lead, then he's going to have to pass horses at some point. He's never done that in his career. I, I, you know, at, at 20 to one, he's worth throwing into your exotics, you know, your trifectas and superfectas and whatnot. I'm not going to use him on top. I think you know, I would classify this horse as a C, which means, you know, he can hit the board, but I don't think he can win. And, you know, that's, he, he's a, he's a nice horse. I mean, he's, he, he's going to, uh, if he continues to progress, he's going to be a grade one winner at some point, but, uh, I, I just can't see it. Today. One, uh, one quick thing. I said, I've had a few friends like give me picks, like give them out on the air and stuff. Cause I like, uh, give them their, their props. Uh, we had a, a kid last year on the show, Josh Darst. He's uh, going to be in the NBA one day. He picked authentic last year, and I wanted to make sure I got his pick this year. He's on Midnight Bourbon. So if you have any Midnight Bourbon fans out there, you got Josh on your back to help you get him home. All right. Let's get the momentum going. Uh, number 11 is Dynamic 1, 20 to 1 morning line for Todd Pletcher and Jose Ortiz. Dynamic 1 had the lead late in the Wood Memorial before he was run down by Bourbonic. Uh, guys, uh, we'll go to uh, Alan first. Uh, dynamic one, your thoughts? One of the more live long shots, more than likely in the race. Uh, it's, another, it's another member of, of the quote-unquote Todd squad. Again, there's four of them here. This is, might be the third one we've talked about. I'm not, not sure. But this horse has come to hand uh, pretty rapidly since he broke his maiden at, at Aqueduct. And some of these horses don't, I don't know, some of these horses don't take their form away from Aqueduct, it seems like. But you can't knock the horse right now. He almost won the Wood Memorial at a nice 15 to 1 price. He led late. I believe the winner, he didn't see the winner coming on the outside. So I'm not going to knock the horse for getting caught. I think this horse might be able to run all day. Uh, I like him a little bit for, for, yeah, from a long shot perspective. There's a few long shots I like more than others in here to hit the board. He's one of them. Uh, it would not surprise me if this horse put in a big effort. I'm going to forgive getting caught at the wire on the Wood Memorial. If he can take his race away from Aqueduct, I would say he's a bit of a player in this spot. Uh, this is a total toss for me. Okay. okay. CC? Uh, this horse kind of reminds me of Commanding Curve, who who progressed nicely. coming. I think he came up through Louisiana. This horse has a beautiful pedigree. Uh, the mama didn't accomplish too much, but going back in the pedigree, this is a, a granddaughter of Storm Flag Flying who won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. And prior to that, uh, before that, excuse me, the, the dam of that mare, Storm Flag Flying, was My Flag, who I believe also won the Juvenile Phillies for Shug McGahee and the Phipps. And then 
My Flag's dam was Personal Ensign. Personal Ensign is one of the greatest marriages to ever look through a bridal. She went 13 for 13, won the Breeders' Cup Distaff uh, when she, she knocked out winning colors late. I think this horse is, is on the improve, and, you know, he will definitely be on my tickets. I, I think this horse uh, is moving in the right direction. Uh, number 12 is Helium. And this is a son of Ironicus out of a Thunder Gulch mare. Thunder Gulch won the 1994 Kentucky Derby. He's trained by Mark Cassie for the DJ stable. Julian Leperu will take the mount. Helium was last seen seven weeks ago winning the Tampa Bay Derby. And no races since. Uh, Alan, what do we do with Helium? I like Helium more than a lot of people do. I think Helium's been getting bashed an awful lot. I, I think it's somewhat insane. Uh, I don't know what the horse has done wrong to deserve some of the criticism he's gotten. He won the Tampa Bay Derby, yes, and it was like two months ago. Would I have laid the horse up for two months? No. But uh, they had the points. They decided to back off. My thing with healing that I like more than a lot of other people do, and he beat nothing in the Tampa Bay Derby. I'm not going to say that he didn't, but he was wide the whole way. I mean, the whole – when he made the turn for home after being four wide the whole way, he was five wide on the turn for home, and he still drew away from these horses. I don't know how far he ran that day. Uh, again, I don't think he's a contender by any stretch of imagination. I might have taken a different route with the horse. I think the horse has a lot of talent. But when, when I see people knocking helium, I, I think it's insane, quite frankly. Uh, this horse, this is a good race horse. He may not run a step in the Kentucky Derby, but n- – I'm just going to say that knocking the horse is just silly to me. I, I don't like him to win the race. I wouldn't throw him off my tickets, no. I think this horse has tremendous upside. Uh, you know, it's everybody makes a big deal about the seven weeks between uh, starts, but you know, you, you give trainers their option. They're all going. They would all take seven, eight weeks between starts if they could get away with it, especially the Todd Fletchers and the Chad Browns of the world. So right. it's the seven weeks is not that big a deal. Now, what concerns me is that they had a chance to maybe, you know, knock down some of these other purses like a bluegrass or, or something like that. And they, they just, you know, they decided, eh, we're, we're going to, we're going to pass. We're, go, we're not going to give this horse extra experience, you know, cause he's only got three starts under his belt. I, I think that's, I think that's an issue. Uh, another issue, this horse didn't, didn't have a, a published workout until March 27th, which was about three weeks after the Tampa Bay Derby. I, I think that that race, my ultimately, I think the race knocked him out a little bit, and they had to bring him back a little bit slowly. And, and you know, here's your chance to get to the Derby again. I'm not using this horse, but I think the horse has talent, and they just gotta they they've got to figure out how to manage him correctly. Agreed. Thanks, Craig, for that workout line. I didn't notice that. Yeah, just ask me. Oh. <laughs> uh, 13 is Hidden Stash, son of Constitution, out of a smart strike mare for BBN Racing, trained by Vicky Oliver and ridden by Rafael Bayerano. Last seen in the Bluegrass Stakes, he was demolished by Essential Quality and Highly Motivated. Alan, we'll go to you. Any love for Hidden Stash? No, not really. Uh, we just discussed Helium, and uh, Helium, it, the horse that Helium beat that in the Tampa Bay Derby is Hidden Stash. So if you don't, if you're going to rag on helium you got a rag on hidden stash right because uh, helium i don't know ran another 16th of mile further by else and hidden stash ran right up to him and helium still drew away from him uh, i'll give him a little bit of love and vicky oliver's the only female trainer in the race and that should never be uh discounted so we wish her the best 
Uh, Rafael Bellarmine is a good jockey. I could see them sitting and trying to make one move. And who knows, maybe that could get you into the Superfecta, but do I think the horse is going to win? No, it's probably going to be about 80 to 1. But as I mentioned, it's a, a congratulations to Vicky Oliver. Uh, glad to see that uh, the, the female trainers represented. Hopefully we get a few more of them in, in the races in the future. I'll tell you, it, it's just awesome to be be eligible for the Kentucky Derby. It's unbelievable. Uh, you know, Constitution, this this horse, BB and Racing, this is great folks. Uh, but for me, I'm, for an angle and a handicapping, I'm going to pass. But however... The horse looks to be great in the morning. That's all I have to say. Thank you. <laughs> He's too slow, and I'd rather spend time talking about the next horse, number 14. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's what I'm saying, Craig. That's, you're bet, you're, this is my line. <laughs> 14 is essential quality. This is the two-to-one morning line favorite for Brad Cox. Uh, tap it. He just won the Bluegrass Stakes. He's five for five. Champion two-year-old earner of over $2 million. Luis Saez hopes to make amends for that uh, faux pas in the Maximum Security Derby. Uh, Brandon, let's let's keep it short. We know we know you love this horse. Tell, I mean, tell us about Essential Quality. I really get emotional when we talk about horse racing, and I, this is the best time of year. I love this race so much more than I've ever loved any you know any horse race. In the Kentucky Derby. Because think about all the things that come with it. But honestly, CC, you know, when I go in the mornings and I see essential quality, this horse is a winner. It's a great sake winner. It's a champion. This horse is a champion. And I don't see many champions in this field, you know. But it's all about perking at the right time. This is my winner. I'm going to stick with it. Godolphin, they deserve a winner. Uh, out of Tappet, and this Tappet's been controlled. And how well this tablet has improved going distance. Uh, I know a lot about this one, and I, this is my winner. I want it. I want it to happen. You got a great storyline. You got Brad Cox. Never entered. You know, never had a Kentucky Kentucky Derby winner or an enter, and now he's entered and he's going to win. So I think this is the winner. As long as you get the trip, and you got to get the racing gods and the racing luck. There's 50% racing gods and racing luck on this day. As everybody knows, because it may rain. It could snow. I don't know. But I'm telling you, Essential Quality is a winner. That's my pick. Okay. Me? Is it Alan? It is. Uh, for those who don't know, Essential Quality is the two-year-old champion. He's done nothing wrong. He's undefeated. Uh, has looked has looked like a champion every time he's went to the post. Uh, there's, there's no knocks against the horse. The only knock is he's not overly flashy, but that's not really a knock. He gets the job done. It would be nice to see him win for Luis Saez because Luis Saez got taken down in the Derby uh, a couple of years ago with maximum security. And right now, Luis, he, Luis Saez, in all honesty, is probably riding, riding better than anyone in the country. He is a tremendous jockey. So that angle would work. You can't knock the horse. Uh, he's gray. People don't know he's a gray horse. And uh, he's definitely the one to beat. It's, can you stomach two to one? I don't know if he's going to be – I know the there's a promotion out that might get him down to two to one. I think he's going to be five to two, three to one. But that said, uh, he's a must-use on your tickets. He's a must-use. The only reason I don't pick him is the price is just too low. Uh, but they're, they're just there's just simply no knocks on essential quality. There isn't. Well, I mean, 
I'm not going to add much to it. I mean, essential quality is the fastest horse in the race. Uh, Brad Cox, when he shoots for a target, he usually hits it. And we yeah. talked about this last night. You you take the top 10% of Brad Cox's stable. They usually they usually win. They don't usually finish second or third. They usually win. I mean, when they're pointed to a spot, which when they're pointed to a spot, is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. He ain't coming for second place. All right. And that's this is why you have to pay respect to Mandaloon as well. You know. Agreed. That, uh, it, it, when 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 Brad comes to the dinner table, you know he's he's going to get his first. So just uh, just you know, he, I, I have to use him. He's an A for me. Uh, if if I have my druthers, I'm going to have a, a live pick four ticket to he and Hot Rod Charlie, and I'll be uh, you know I'll be sitting pretty. I think turning for home, but uh, you know. I hate to take the favorite in the Derby, but, you know, I, I just don't see any other way around it. But speaking of, of another low price, number 15, Rock Your World, a son of Candy Ride, trained by John Sadler for Horonis Racing, ridden by Joel Rosario. This horse has made three starts. Last one with the impressive victory in the Santa Anita Derby where he uh, destroyed Medina Spirit going wire to wire. Uh, guys, uh, Alan, you want to go first here on Rock Your World? Yeah, well, first I'm going to go ahead and give him a couple more shout-outs. My dearest wife, Nicole Schneider, picks this horse. I knew she'd pick this horse. And my buddy Chris, who was on the pod last night, he picks this horse. I knew he was going to pick this horse. Um, he, This is the horse that scares the living hell out of me. I'll be honest, if, if I don't use him, he scares me. I know CC's going to come on here in a minute and tell you he's taking a stand against him. I'm going to understand every point he makes. But this horse worries me that he could be freakish. The way he won the Santa Anita Derby is the sign of a way a freakish horse wins a race. I don't know if that's if we've had enough uh, information from enough races from him on dirt to determine if that was a continuous thing, freakish performance, or whether that was an anomaly. He looked good down the lane. He strode out like a horse is going to eat up the ground. Um I am tempted to play a saver ticket with him on top of some of the other horses I like in case he just gets up there and wires the field. Um, I, he worries me. I'm going to put it that way. He worries me. He just looks so good in the San Diego Derby. I don't think he beat a whole heck of a lot, but it seems like John Sadler knows he's got a good one. And uh, I'm torn with through the horse. Again, he's not going to be my top pick. I'm not, I'm not going to venture away from my top pick, my top two picks, I would say. But rock, I'll, rock your world scares the hell out of me. I'll put it, I'll put it simply as that. Alan, I'm with you, dude. We're running shotgun together, buddy. Yeah. Because I will tell you, I, I feel like John Sadler, the trainer, he's a very good trainer, no doubt. But that's a Bob Baffert. I feel like this is a Bob Baffert horse. I agree. He's scared. I'm worried. His fast pace, early face, you know, like all those, all the checks. He is. This horse is fast. But he shipped over. I got to see him this morning. He is a uh, real horse. And so, but what am I going to do? I don't know. So, I okay. want to see somebody because I got eyes on him. I had eyes on him, and he's a good-looking horse at a candy ride. But I, you know, I think the horse is turf. But, but man, he just freaked in the San Diego Derby, and he's so fast. I mean, he ran the first six furlongs in one ten. One ten. Well, uh, I've been t- I know it's CC. We're going to CC provide the, the antithesis to, to this conversation here momentarily, but I will say one thing real quick. We had Caitlin Freon last night. We're going to have her on again. She was great, but she did make the point that uh, 
we've had horses go turf to dirt in the past recently in the Derby uh, for wins. And that maybe that's played. Barbaro did it. Uh, Big Brown did it. So it's not unprecedented in, in, in recent times. So that's something to keep in mind. Maybe that was the plan all along. With that said, it's time to hear from CC on Rock Your World. You can't bet all the favorites. So right. I, you're, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, this this horse is freaky fast. And I saw his workout at Santa Anita, and he looks tremendous. I mean, the, the, he he could be a spin-the-buck type, you know, just get on the lead and, and take him wire to wire. That, that may be the plan with him. As you know, but I'm looking at a hundred plus years of Kentucky Derby history, and there's been one horse that didn't have a start as a two year old. Mm-hmm. And that was right. Justify, who was a freak, but he was trained by Baffert. I, I need a horse if they're going to fire a big shot out of nowhere, like he did in the San Diego Derby. I need a horse with two year old foundation. Now, there's a reason that they didn't start him until January 1st. Now, I don't know if it was because the horse was not developed or if maybe he had an injury or something like that, but they're pushing on this horse an awful lot. And, you know, I, I could see a regression coming here, and if he regresses, he's not going to hit the board in, in the derby. So I hope you're right. I think this horse is a grade one winner down the line. Well, he's already a grade one winner. I think he's, he's, he's a special horse if he stays in training. I, this is the horse I'm going to fade. Because he he he's going to take a lot of money four to one five to one. This is the horse that you're supposed to fade if you believe in Derby history and the Apollo Jinx and all that. I, no rockier world for me this year. I hope you're right because he scares me, and uh, I'm I'm not going to put him on that A line. But he's the one that I know I perhaps should put on the A line if that makes any sense. So he he is a worry for me. All right, we got five more to go. Sixteen is King Fury. A son of Curlin out of the Fast Mare Terrace, trained by Kenny McPeak, ridden by our buddy Brian Hernandez Jr., last seen winning the Lexington Stakes in the slop at Keeneland. This is his second start of the year. Alan, I know you like this horse. Uh, Tell us why. You better watch out for this rock-solid son of a bitch. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I don't know if he has the foundation of one start to win the Kentucky Derby. Uh, beating a so-so field in the Lexington in the slop. Did, did he get enough out of it? Man, he, he looked like he did. He made a derby move on the turn. Part of that is because the, the pace set up for him. And they went 45. A bunch of sprinters went 45 and changed one, two turns. So it did. It may have accentuated how good he looked in that race. Uh, but he snuck in the field on points. I just I do wonder if Ken McPeak thought he could win the derby, why he didn't start him earlier in an effort to try to get points. It seems, it seems like if he thought he had the Derby winner, he would have picked out he would have picked out a different path. Maybe there were some bumps with the horses, but he's royally bred. I cannot leave him off my tickets at uh, 20 to 1 or so or whatever. Uh, of the long shots, he's the long shot I like probably the most. I'm a big fan of Ken McPeak. I'm a big fan of Brian Hernandez. I'd love to see uh, these guys get a Derby win. And as we've mentioned before, Brian Hernandez thought he might have had a Derby winner last year, and he got scratched right at the very right before the, the race was run, uh, causing him a spot. This year, he sneaks in right at the very end. Uh, makes you think maybe Karma might have a little something to do to reward uh, to reward Brian. But uh, I think this horse is dangerous, and uh, uh, you have to use him. Well, I think the horse has got a bright future. Here's another one that could win the Travers. 
later on yeah. down the line, might win a Belmont Stakes, and you know something like that. My biggest issue is, like you alluded to, Alan, that the horse, you know, makes his first start of the year so late in the Derby Trail campaign. Right. Uh, something's wrong. Something happened to the horse. I don't think McPeak would want to, you know, take that route. That's not the no, route you take. No. So and he, and you know, going back to his Lexington, it was on a sloppy track. The pace fell apart. Nothing was running at the end except uh, except him. I, I think that you know that big number came out of nowhere, just like Rock Your World. Now King Fury's got a got a two year old campaign to go back on for class and and whatnot. I think this horse has a shot to to get part of it. I just can't pick him to win, but I think he gets spruce up your exotics. Agreed. At six to one, no. At twenty six to one, yes. Right. I mean, that's a lot of yeah. this is a value shopping, and uh, so yeah, he's he's definitely worth it at that price. Yeah, and and, and this horse is gonna be good if he stays. Yeah, he's good. He's, he's a good horse. He stays healthy. This is gonna be. He he should be okay going forward. So, uh, let's talk about number seven, 16. 16, Highly motivated. Seventeen. Seventeen. Right. Seventeen is highly motivated. Son of Into Mischief for Chad Brown and ridden by Javier Castellano. He ran in the Bluegrass Stakes, was run down late by Central Quality. Alan, we'll throw it to you again. I know you like this horse as well. Yeah, finally we get to my top selection, uh, highly motivated. I've talked about this horse a few times. Uh, it's a solid pick for me with a tenuous reserve. Um, this horse – I don't think this horse gets enough credit for how tractable, how versatile he is. He's come, he can run inside. He's run on the lead. He's come from off the pace and he fires every time. There was one blip. There's one blip in the wood where he didn't, he had a little trouble trip and he had a hard time chasing the, the uh, top two down. But outside of that, he's, he's been fantastic. Uh, had a good two year old season at Saratoga. Uh, Again, I've alluded to this numerous times. His second start of the year in the Bluegrass, he got the lead by default. There was no one else to take it. He took it, and he was tough as nails uh, trying to get by for a champion such as Elusive Quality. Uh, horses like that who go to the lead, who, who go to the lead, who dig in, who dig their heels in, are just are just dead game. When they're, you got to know they're not quite fit yet. It makes me think that once they get the trip that they really do like, which I believe he'll get in the Derby, that they may explode their star off the layoff. That's the positives. The negatives is, as I've mentioned before, a lot of people have the female family is more designed to sprinting. Uh, I don't think there's any way around that. You can even make the argument that's the same way on uh, being by into mischief, yeah. that, the yep. same, that the same could apply, but it's, it's, the, it's the female family that, that raises some concern. So I could see a scenario where he, he's in contention in the last eighth of a mile and he starts to hang. He starts to one pace. I don't know. We'll find out. But at the seven or eight to one, I expect him to go off it. I'm willing to take a shot with highly motivated as my top selection just over Hot Rod Charlie. Come on. Come on, Alan. Don't, man. Don't do it. <laughs> I mean, it. essential quality is right there. Too. Don't buy it. If you're buying the hype. You're telling yourself exactly what I want to tell you and okay. all our listeners. I love this horse. This horse is great. It's a great horse. But it ain't going a mile and a quarter, dude. That's no a distinct way. possibility. No, distinct it's possibility. Not. I love <laughs> you, man. I respect everything you got to say. <laughs> it's a distinct possibility he does not get the mile and a quarter. I would I would completely agree with that. But, again, we're value shopping in this game. So, at 8 or 9 to 1, I'm willing to take the shot that maybe 
in a field full of we don't have the deep the the highest tier quality derby horses maybe his talent can carry him that last eighth of a mile i know i know i want all that the connections are there you got the chad browns you got clairvich stables you got into mischief you got all these things all these very positive things i just do not see this horse making the distance i just don't do it i don't see it this is if this horse started at like keeneland it'd be a one to two favorite and chad brown would fail it just had <laughs> happened in the spring like multiple times everybody had like 10 times i feel like it forever so many times but the the last time chad brown used the bluegrass as a springboard he ran uh he won the the bluegrass with good magic probably uh, i don't know if he's as, he's probably every bit as a talented as highly motivated and he uh used that as a springboard finishing second in the kentucky derby to a triple crown winner so yeah you know that path has went he's tried this path before it's worked well for him i realize he might be up against it pedigree wise but i've planted my flag so i guess i'll ride with it alan i respect it man i love these connections so i mean these these guys are winners Th- these guys are winners but for 10 to 1, Javier Castellano, I mean, I love everything about it. This is not where I'm going to be. Fair enough, CC. Highly motivated is my kind of derby horse. I, I've, I've got three caveats, though. You've already <laughs> gone over one of them. The, the pedigree slanted toward uh, middle distances, you know, up to a mile. The, the mare was a maiden claimer at some point, but she did win a stakes at Woodbine going seven furlongs. Uh, you know, so the, the pedigree is not necessarily necessarily there. And everybody points to end of mischief siring authentic, but that was Baffert and that was in September. This is not, this Agreed. is not, that was not a May Derby. So that horse had time to develop. Uh, second, I, the horse had everything his own way in the bluegrass stakes and in the final furlong, he, he switched leads. And that's kind of a sign of a horse that's tired late. Uh, and then thirdly, Mike Welsh said today that the horse has not looked good in the mornings the last two days. He looks maybe like he's a little stiff. Uh, but uh, So that's something that bears watching. That's the negatives. The positives are this is the type of horse that you want to bet in the derby. It's making its third start, and, and it's Chad Brown. Chad Brown's going to win a derby at some point. Uh, so, you know, I'm split. I mean, this I, I throw this horse into the Mandaloon camp uh, in Medina Spirit. I think the horse – could win the race uh, if if the horse is sound and healthy coming into the race. I think he's got a shot at top three finish. Uh, uh, I was here's one deal. one more thing is no, I believe no. this. Yeah, no, yes. Uh, <laughs> this horse could be practical joke. This horse could be Normandy invasion uh, for Chad Brown. The horse that couldn't get the distance and turn out nice mileage and stuff. I'm completely aware of that. I just I just planted my flag. So I, go ahead, Brandon. I respect that. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a proposition because I okay. a proposition. <laughs> I don't know if I want to hear this. All right, if highly motivated when the wins the Kentucky Derby, I will pay you both a hundred dollars a piece. Okay. That's it. Okay. Deal. I, Deal. That, fair enough. That's it. That's, That's it. it. That's oh, it. gee, I guess I could take. You okay with That's that, Chad? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's all go. right, hold on, hold on. Hands, virtual handshake. The studio's really cold tonight. I can't see y'all, but I would love to be with you. But also, you must say in the next podcast, number 54, that Brandon is, knows what he's talking about. Okay, I'll say it right. Brandon knows what he's talking I'm, about. I'm, okay, I'm very good. He's live before. <laughs> 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 <I'm> before. <laughs> you got it. That's a deal. We, right, we're good. Deal. Handshake. Handshake. Deal. Okay, go on. All right. Super stock. 
Number 18, Superstock, winner of the Arkansas Derby, upsetter of Concert Tour and Cattle River. Superstock, I'm not crazy about the horse. I like, I, I thought he passed uh, a couple of horses that battled themselves in a submission who <coughs> were not at their best in, in the in the Arkansas Derby and Concert Tour and uh, Cattle River. I wasn't crazy about him last year. Uh, I, I got to fade the horse. I, I, I respect the fact that maybe he's gotten better. They lots of times, you know, horses mature at, at the age of three. I'm going to pass on Superstock. I, I, I can see him getting in there, but he's not for me. Yeah, I mean, that big number came out of nowhere. That Arkansas Derby was was a nice victory. But, uh, yeah, he he got a perfect trip. I just think this horse is sitting on a bounce. I mean, he might get fourth, third, or fourth, something like that, with a, with a really good trip. But I, I, I feel like more this horse is going to regress in the Derby. And that's all mm-hmm. i got to say about him. Me too. Yep, yep. Number 19 is Soup and Sandwich is a gray son of Into Mischief out of a Tappet mare trained by Mark Cassie be a long shot this horse has made three starts check this out in his first start he won a, a state bred maiden gulf green his second start was a three horse allowance race and then after that he put everything together and, and ran second in the florida derby behind known agenda uh alan will go to you first soup and sandwich i don't care for him uh he's florida bred uh i, I, I i'll be honest with you he ran better in the florida derby than i anticipated he would but Greatest Honor was a favorite in there. Uh, there was something maybe not right with Greatest Honor there. Where he's off the Derby Trail, so someone had to run second. I'm I'm not a fan of Soup and Sandwich. I I, I like him as much as I like the name. Uh, he doesn't sound like a Derby winner. I I just don't care for the horse. Yeah, in the mornings he's showing a lot of a lot of green. I mean he's still very green. I've seen him like five times backside. I, I, you know, he is a long shot, man. I, I just don't know other those to place him. Uh, but I wish the connections and everything good luck. I mean, he ran, he's such a game winner. I mean, he's a game runner. I, I just, I don't know. At 19, no thanks. I, I'm in the same boat. I, I just can't use this horse. No two-year-old foundation. And, and the horse seems a little bit nutty anyway. I just, yep. I think, I, I think he's a toss in a 20 horse field, especially from the 19 post where he's probably going to get a wide trip anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and one more to go. And that's number 20 Burbonic, son of Bernardini who won the Preakness way back when for Todd Pletcher and came at farm. This was a 72 to one winner of the wood Memorial. He gets Kendrick Carmouche in the saddle. This horse will probably try to anchor in the back and, and close to get apart. Uh, Brandon, you using Burbonic in your exotic waiters. Uh, I wish I used him on uh, April 3rd. And <laughs> I did not. And uh, I just saw the replay. I watched all these replays. And you talk about a closer, and you talk about a deep, deep track, super slow. I, I don't know how this horse fits. Todd Fletcher knows what he's doing, but man, I mean, I don't know. Craig, I mean, do you all, Alan, just like give me, I want a free, free square here. What am I going to do with Burbonic? I don't know. 20th spot. That's a huge, huge, unbelievable, unbelievable turn to come home for that. I can't toss him with confidence in the fact that I, there was the argument that everybody just stopped running in, in the wood and, and, and he just kind of took advantage of that. What? But the numbers don't say that. The numbers don't hold 
don't don't hold that argument up. His late Brisnet uh, pace fig in that race was a 109. That's 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 rolling, rolling. So uh, maybe they did stop a bit. Maybe the field wasn't that good, but I mean that that pace that late pace figure is legitimate. So I cannot toss a horse with confidence. Uh, do I think he's going to win? No. Do I do I think do I think he might be a little bit undervalued? Yeah. So uh, you know, is he going to? Am I going to put him on the win end? No, but I'm, I wouldn't toss him. All right, mercifully we went through all twenty, right? Mercifully. That's it. We got through Ooh. them all. So, uh, anybody want to toss out a, a an exotic? Yes. Suggestion? Yes. You ready? Yes, sir. Uh, a twenty horse exec. No. Um, I <laughs> the way I would approach that way, I'm gonna I'm not gonna go crazy on the exotics because. It's too damn hard to hit in this race. It's it's hard to this race is not only a twenty horse field is fairly evenly matched in spots at, at the top, at the middle, at the bottom. Uh, the way I would approach the race and knowing that I would probably lose is I would take my horse, highly motivated on top of essential quality, hot rod Charlie, and then play some horses underneath that in the third or fourth spot, and then I would flip it. Uh, I might put Hot Rod Charlie on top, and maybe and maybe Essential Quality, and then and then put Holly uh, Motivated second. Those three would make the crux of my uh, of of my my bets. But that's how I would approach the race. I mean, it's, it may not very well may not happen. And I'm forgetting one long shot. What long shot? Oh, King Fury. I would have King Fury somewhere in that yeah. mix and well in there too. But Holly Motivated with Essential Quality. King Fury and uh, Hot Rod Charlie in the two spot is kind of the way I would approach it. And if that were to come in, I'd, I'd be paid handsomely. You guys, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to do something real simple. You know, I'm not getting real elaborate here on the podcast because obviously my bets are going to be changing. But I always like to see – well, is it a dollar super? It's a dollar Oh, yeah. Super. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to do a dollar super with five horses. I want known agenda, essential quality, highly motivated, Obesos, and I'm coming to rock your world. <laughs> yeah, rock your world may, may be a saver on top there. Can I change it a little bit real quick? I'm gonna make. Uh, nope, you can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, Not on the well, I would. Say, I'm gonna go two day here. I think maybe a decent idea is a uh, Oaks Derby double uh, to Malafat in the Oaks to. Uh, yeah. It's a highly motivated um, Hot Rod Charlie and maybe even King Fury. I would probably leave it on Central Quality because I don't think it would pay anything. Hold but, on. Hold yeah. on, Alan. What? What about Travel Column? What are you I'm out that's my Oaks horse. I mean, don't get me wrong. Travel Column's a nice horse, but we'll probably get to that shortly. But uh, that, as far as a wager, a, a decent wager, Malathot to those three horses with the primary money being on um, – Highly motivated would probably be maybe the way I would actually go. CC. Uh, I'm going to try to hit the trifecta. That's what I try to do every year. Uh, lately, I've not done well, but I'm, I'm what I'm going to do is take a horse like Hot Rod Charlie, and I'm going to put him in all three spots, one, two, and three, and I'm going to put horses around him. Yeah. Finish yeah. in the other spots like Known Agenda, Keep Me in Mind, Obesos, Mandaloon, Medina Spirit, Midnight Bourbon. Essential quality, King Fury, highly motivated. I don't know how many I named off there, maybe seven or eight. 
And I'm just going to try to wheel those around Hot Rod Charlie. So, so if Hot Rod Charlie hits the board, and one of the two two of those seven or eight finish uh, on in the money as well, I'll have the trifecta, and hopefully some of the some of the big bombs will come in there and and fill that out. And I like if, that idea. I like that if, idea a lot. If everything if everything goes right, I'll try to uh, I hopefully hit it more than once. But, uh, right. That's uh, that's that's where I'm going to stand. Also, I'm going to try to have a pick four or a pick three alive to uh, to hot rod and essential quality, and then maybe maybe the pressure will be off a little bit. I don't necessarily have to have, you know, uh, I don't have to bet the horse to win or anything like that. So we'll leave it at that. So Kentucky Derby 147, less than three days away. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the podcast. We hope you enjoyed our uh, opinions. Uh, in the meantime. On behalf of Alan Schneider and Brandon Jaggers, this is CC Broadus reminding you at home that gambling money ain't got no home. Good night. Happy Derby Week.